going and welcome to the Holy Hour, the All Cure Podcast. This is Gavin. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode. We're doing something a little different today. We've looked at full albums. We've looked at perspectives of diehard fans, casual fans. We've had correspondence from the tour. But we've never looked at specific songs and that's something I'd like to try out a few more times here and um, we figured this would be a great place to start with the pivotal cure song just like heaven it's a widely known and loved song pretty much from every perspective i feel like it's pretty safe to embrace this song the people that even the super dark gothy doom and gloomers still feel favorably toward just like heaven i think um, people that just know the pop hits on the surface love this song. If you played this song for a complete stranger, they'd probably love this song. So a pretty unhateable song, and I figured that'd be a great place to start. But not a total softball, because there's a lot of layers to this song. Memories associated with it, the history of the song, where it fits in the Cure's catalog. All kinds of things that we can take a look at. And boy, are we gonna. We got some cool segments uh, from listeners sent in. And um, a lot of good collaboration I want to share with you guys. Um, but just to kick it off from my personal perspective, um, anytime you look in with the microscope, it's good to start way far out. And um, yeah, so Cure's favorite band, zoom in a little farther. What's your favorite song? People always ask. And any Cure fan kind of knows that's an impossible question. Um, but a lot of times I feel like I lean towards Just Like Heaven. It's just one of those songs. It's like your favorite delicious meal. You just almost amazed in the ability of how you haven't gotten sick of this song when you think of how many times you've heard this it's uh it's pretty amazing how fresh it sounds on every listen and it's a weird one too because like i like many care fans um standing on the beach was probably the introduction for me officially and um coming out in 86 and so it didn't have just like heaven on it and um so you know i was definitely a hooked fan by the time i heard just like heaven but at the same time it's weird to think that such a defining track and it wasn't even on their first batch of greatest hits or you know singles or whatever you want to call it um so yeah it's kind of weird right they're on i mean they'd already gone through so many phases by that time that standing on the beach came out but really you know as far as breaking up there career into catalogs of you know best ofs or greatest hits you know it's weird that just like heaven wasn't even in the first batch so so pretty strange but uh i think that's a good place to start is looking back in time and the history you know idea of where it fits in and um we got a great segment i'd like to lead it off with from melissa uh didn't quite catch from where she's from i believe somewhere in north carolina but uh listener melissa sent in this great segment on just like heaven this is melissa and i've been a cure fan since 1984 when i discovered them when i went to college and around 1987 when just like heaven came out um late that year there was a rumor that went through my college town one evening that Robert Smith had died suddenly and unexpectedly. And this was at the height of my cure obsession and several of my friends. And Just Like Heaven had just started playing on MTV. So we were all seeing this as like this big breakout uh, mainstreaming of the cure, which in retrospect is kind of funny. Um... Uh, but they, um, the song was playing at least once an hour, and we found out, we heard this rumor. Uh, the guy I was dating at the time came home from work and told me, and he was really upset, and we were just freaking out. And so we stayed glued to the television uh, all night, skipping around, looking for news. We were, you know, distraught. <laughs> we certainly hoped the rumor wasn't true. Uh, but we were dying for information, and pre-internet days, uh, information traveled very slowly. And so my friends eventually went to sleep, but I couldn't really sleep. I went to my room and then got back up, and another one of my friends had also gotten back up. And I just remember sitting there watching TV kind of in a daze, 
and keeping it glued mostly to MTV because we thought that if there was news, that's where it would break. And every time, just like Kevin came on, it was just so distressing. Uh, and we were just really so hopeful that Robert was okay. And so finally, uh, about um, 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, decided to put a call in to London, uh, to the Warner Brothers office there, uh, which that was, they were on at the time, I believe, I can't remember which label subsidiary, but I knew, uh, I found it, I called, made several calls and found the number, and called them right when they opened, um, that morning, I guess around 9 or 10 a.m., and spoke to someone there who put me through, when I told them where I was calling from and why I was calling, and put me through to someone in publicity, and who luckily was a very nice person, and they assured me that, no, there had been absolutely no news, that that was a rumor, and that if, you know, if that had been true, there would have been a formal statement and everything. But it was, um, you know, that reassured us, and then, of course, it turned out to be complete, you know, just, just a college town rumor. But I just remember that night watching that song on television, thinking that if that's the last, you know, if this if this record's the last record that we have, what what would that be, uh, you know, in regard to looking back on the cure? And I just remember being very young, and very distraught, and just so much enthralled by the cure at the time, that we all had just a horrific night, and we were so happy the next morning when we found out everything was fine. Um, so that's kind of my fandom story of One Lost Night and why Just Like Heaven is still so poignant to me today. Wow. Thank you so much, Melissa. That was cool. Um, I mean, semi-tragic. That's a, that's a horrible fear, especially in that time frame. Just think of how many great albums we wouldn't have got and just sad that would have been if we had lost old Robert in 87. That would have been tragic of course and especially right on the the uh cusp of just like heaven how eerie would that have been but um anyway so so glad that that's not true and, and it's really funny and interesting to think of the the pre-internet age and how something like that could really you know take a while to confirm now we take for granted that those things could be dismissed so quickly and um yeah, so pretty pretty weird, but uh, what a jerk! Who started that rumor? That's not cool. But uh, glad glad there are people like Melissa out there to set the record straight and uh, set her mind at ease, at least if nothing else. And um, wow, cool. Well, thank you so much again. And um, going on from the history angle and those memories, you know, that's a huge part of this song. I think is that so many Cure fans do have a special place in their heart for this song or you know just the timeline of when they started really falling in love with the cure um even if it was way before that and that this was kind of like she said the lead up to the finally getting recognition and breaking through while we'll talk about this later that it wasn't a technical chart hit so much um this is around the time when you know college radio and alternative radio and stuff not so much like the alternative charts and stuff had given in yet, but like uh, college radio definitely embracing things and, you know, MTV at, you know, 12 o'clock at night or something. So while not mainstream appreciation and credit, you know, they're definitely getting their underground college indie rock, whatever you wanted to call it back then, cred. And, you know, the, they're blowing up pretty big as far as those things are concerned, um, if not already at that point. So uh, this is a, a real defining moment, this song for the band, and seemed to strike right when the iron was hot, if you will. But back to the memory side of things, and uh, our next few segments are associated with that. Everybody tends, since it is leaning towards the more romantic side of The Cure, and um, a song that really does cater well to um, you know high school dances and weddings and falling in love and tragedy in love, and pretty much it fits all of those somehow a great pop song can stay peppy and fun while being kind of depressing at the same time and that's just the essence of why the cure is fucking amazing in my opinion is because it is so adaptable to moods and 
and emotions and you can kind of be happy with it or sad with it and and although this is like a terribly romantic song you know there's a lot going on it lyrically and emotional wise with the music so um a couple more segments i'd like to play for you here's one from chris from baltimore um you might remember chris from a earlier episode with donald and um they were just you know talking cure pretty pretty uh passionate fan about the cure but it was really hard in that episode on the later years of the cure in later years even stretching back to you know wish i think he even had a few negative things to say about disintegration at one point i may have just had to cut that out i don't even know if it made it into the final episode anymore but um so yeah he's a he's a tough critic but even he has some some kind words about just like heaven that were cut from the original episode but i had to hold on to um just to save one just because it was amazing he was saying such nice things about the care but two uh, it's a really sweet story so here's a uh, chris uh recalling just like heaven other than um my eighth grade girlfriend uh our 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 song i don't know if you, you had to pick songs Mm-hmm. But we did, and our song was just like heaven. <laughs> we danced to it at the eighth grade dance at Tom's River Intermediate. What? East. How awesome! And with Holy the crap. whole, with the, you know, dancing like Frankenstein, with the you know rocking back and forth from side to side. Yeah. And Fire uh, yeah, the uh, you know lights swirling and everything, and it was like a John Hughes movie. Oh fuck! And that will ultimately be my. Uh, you know, how I hold the cure, you know, is that kind of... That precious. That, you know, something that was almost more than, you know, losing your this. virginity. More than this. <laughs> you know, it was this kind of, like, perfect soundtrack, you yeah. know, John Hughes to movie soundtrack to... It's perfect. To idiot kids learning how to be uh, adults. Yeah. And it was, you know, it, it's a plotting... Um, ham-handed song that's beautiful for beautiful ham-handed eighth grade mm-hmm. children mm-hmm. but it's a fucking perfect song like it's fantastic yeah and what a fucking moment that was like you had a moment like a slow dance with and a it, chick to just like heaven yeah at a school and it dance. was our it was our song that we'd already chosen as our song and it came on like oh no my god that was your it. song and, to boot? you know, and uh, holy fuck, that was our song already. And that's awesome. You know, we had to come together and, you know, hand on uh. hand slightly above the hip, rocking back and forth. Yeah, that ultimately will be my um, mm-hmm. where like, uh, you know, my cure memory. Is that your favorite cure moment? That's my favorite cure moment. They've always been a part of my life, but that was kind of where they would be, uh, you know, the most important. All right. Thanks so much, Chris. Um, I don't know why Donald was so overly uh, surprised at all those comments about it being somebody's dance or song. Um, But, you know, he's an excitable man. What can I say? Um, But, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And um, I think we a lot of us have probably a a dance related cure memory that's very special. And and 90 percent of those would probably be with just like heaven. Um, real quick, I do also have a, uh, a dance related, just like heaven story. Um, if you listen to, um, hard to say when this will post, but the episode with Donald and his wife talking, um, they, they did mention in the middle that I, uh, I was the homecoming king in high school, my senior year. And, um, I did quickly interject and try to clarify that it was because I'd been in a bad car accident and, I guess I wasn't that big of a prick in high school, so everybody felt sorry for me. And, you know, I think it was just a nice, you know, pity, mercy, vote the cripple guy to be king kind of thing. So um, I'll dismiss it at that. But it was a uh, it was a weird moment in my life going into senior year. Um, and uh, I was in a wheelchair. I wasn't even back in school yet. My I uh, busted my legs all the shit my hip my knee my arms both my arms so um you know i wasn't like paralyzed or anything but um i was pretty banged up but um by the time the dance had come around and um uh i was able to you know kind of stand up on my one good leg for a few minutes but you know i was like all right i'll, I'll go with, with my girlfriend and 
and uh, wheel around, but you know, I didn't expect to really tear up the dance floor by any means. Um, let's just say that getting hit by a 40-ton gravel truck didn't really hurt my dancing abilities all that much. Um, but so the point is, uh, we got there, and I think we—I can't even remember what the official like. Now the king and queen will dance song, or some like boys to men song or something. So I got up, kind of waddled for a second with that, and everybody was happy and everything made sense. But then they're like, "Was well, there something you want the DJ to play?" And and I was like, "Well, I'm pretty sure he has just like heaven. There's no way he doesn't kind of thing." And um, so it was really sweet. Uh, my girlfriend and a few of our friends at the time. They, they went over and just fucking harassed this poor DJ. And we're like, you have just like heaven, don't you? And he's like, yeah, but I got like a whole set list played up right now. I'm queued up. I can't just like cut in just like heaven and I don't play. It's like that guy over there in the wheelchair, he's the king and he wants to hear fucking just like heaven. If you don't play that, boy, it'll be the last homecoming dance you DJ. And uh, they really laid into this fucking dude and... um. Sure enough, about two songs later, maybe, Just Like Heaven came on, and I was like, yay! (laughs) Me and my girlfriend, we got the dance, sort of, to Just Like Heaven, and it was really sweet and uh, tender, tender moment in high school memories, even though I was in extreme pain and could only stand on one foot for about three and a half minutes, but made it all worthwhile. So uh, that was my homecoming dance story uh, for Just Like Heaven. But for more people, I think it expands past high school even. And um, the meaning goes deeper. And uh, as we're going to hear now from a segment from listener Chaz, who's uh, from Pennsylvania. And um, you may recall Chaz is the fellow that sent us the pictures on the Facebook page of his brilliant vinyl collection. So if you haven't checked that out yet, too, I also recommend going over to the Holy Hour Facebook page and uh, scroll down a bit if you missed it and just check out the brilliant amazing vinyl collection i often just stare at those pictures and daydream but uh let's hear what he has to say about just like heaven hello holy hour podcast this is jazz uh just giving my thoughts about the song just like heaven um i think it's fucking great um i think it's one of the best songs they've ever written um the simplicity but the power behind the song just something i don't think very few bands can could ever match um but on a more personal note um song means a lot to me i'm sure it does to every listener of this show um it was turned out to be my the wedding song for my wife and i but get to that in a second um going back uh, i had a girlfriend who was going off to college and she wanted to borrow a bunch of records from me um, when you're in love, you do stupid things, and I stupidly let her borrow about 15, 20 records of mine, um, and one of them was Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, and, uh, she got involved in some stuff she shouldn't have at school that, you know, most people do when they're in college, so when it came time that we broke up, and I asked for those records back, I think I received about two of those records back that I let her borrow, and, uh, you know, that was pretty much about it <laughs> with our relationship after, you know, after that. Um, I think that she sold him for money or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Anyway, they're gone. Uh, I found most of them through the years again. But um, so I met my wife about a year or two after we had broken up. And uh, she was kind of floored that I was into the cure. Uh, she was never into the cure, but uh, she was shocked just because we're both into more heavy, aggressive music. We met going to hardcore and punk shows, and uh, she lived in St. Louis, and I lived in Chicago. And uh, I would go down to St. Louis because the dead, the scene was pretty much dead in Chicago at the time. So I would drive down to St. Louis to four hours. Um, to go see the bands that we're both into. Um, So we, you know, on our first dates, we were discussing exes, and uh, I brought up the story about the records and what happened with that relationship, and 
you know, on the next date, she showed up and uh, surprised me with a copy of Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me um, from Vintage Vinyl in St. Louis. And I was pretty floored. Uh, the copy I had was kind of shitty, and it was beat up. And she presented me with a with a pretty much pristine record that was still in the shrink wrap. It was open, but it was still in the shrink wrap. And it had, uh, I believe it had, like, blue lips on the front of it, on the sticker. Um, I don't have it in front of me. I'm just trying to remember. But I think it had blue lips on it. Uh, and it said, with the hits. And then I'm sure Just Like Heaven was on there, too. Um so we we dated for about six months before I proposed to her, and then uh, we got married about six months later. And uh, my wife and I are very pretty much non-traditional, so we got married at the courthouse in Joliet, Illinois. And uh, then we drove out to my mom's house in the Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania and had a small ceremony in her backyard. Uh, with mostly just family members, and we had a pastor there that married us uh, again, I guess, and we just had, you know, food, and then we drove off to our honeymoon, which was in New York City, and we also spent some time at the beach and at Six Flags, and uh, the first night in our hotel room, um, I grabbed a CD player out of my bag that I had uh, hidden from her, and uh, put a CD on for her, and on that CD, um, I had my friend Jonah Matranga, who's the lead singer of the bands Far, One Line Drawing, um, Gratitude, and I'm missing one other one, New End Originals. Check them all out. They're all fucking great. Sorry for the shameless plug, but I think they're amazing. Um, and he had recorded two cover songs for us. And one of them was Just Like Heaven. Um, it was all personalized and everything, which is awesome. And uh, um, we had our first dance together as a married couple. We don't dance much to begin with anyway. But uh, our first dance together in a ho New York City hotel room to Just Like Heaven. Um, and uh, you know, she cried and everything it was great. So... Every time that we've seen The Cure since then, which is three times, um, they've played Just Like Heaven, and each time we've, you know, held each other and, you know, held hands and kissed and everything. And then uh, the last time I saw them was in Maryland, and she wasn't with me at the time, but I FaceTimed her the whole time. Um, and she had her two kids with her, and they sat together and watched the, watched the song on her phone which was awesome. So it was great to share a moment like that. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's uh, my relationship with the song. Um, it's always going to be one of my favorites and one that I'm always excited and happy to hear no matter where it's at. Um, I'm happy to hear any Cure song, even if it's Friday I'm in love at the grocery store on a Tuesday afternoon. Um, it still gets me stoked. Uh, but yeah, so that's about it. Uh, thank you very much. Alright, thank you very much, Chaz. Really appreciate it. And thanks so much for hitting us up on the iTunes comment section, by the way, too. Really appreciate it. Um, others feel free to do the same. And um, yeah, a lot of good points there. Um, man, ex-girlfriends that run off with your records and your t-shirts. They're the worst. But um, how cool is that when your future wife ends up being a girl that would replace something lost by an ex good move marrying that girl so that's, that's probably the moment you're like that's it this is my wife <laughs> especially kiss me kiss me you can't go without that one so um yeah awesome and a lot of great points with uh the production on this song it's just one of those songs that's timeless like many great cure songs um you know there's so many songs in like 87 that were recorded that are great songs but you just kind of know they were recorded in 87 and just sound like it you know it just sounds like an 80s song but when you hear just like heaven it really is timeless and uh no wasted efforts or in, in any degree on that song and uh another point that i wanted to bring up with this episode is uh just how how cool the production is on this and something i stumbled across too is somebody i don't even remember they weren't the first person to post it i'm sure so i guess i don't really even need to cite it but somebody had recently posted there's a YouTube clip 
of somehow they got like an isolated vocal track from just like heaven and um and it's just the vocals it's like yeah big deal but like when you really hear just his voice and the uniqueness of robert smith's voice on such a perfect song like this um it really just reminds you how great it is and i want to play a segment of it here i don't know how much legally i can play or what so i'll just play a few seconds of it i'll put the link to the youtube one so as long as somebody has it posted on youtube i guess we're all fair game but um just so cool because usually if anyone's recorded songs too no matter how good you are a lot of times if you isolate when you're mixing and you isolate just a specific track or especially vocals it always sounds a little weird unless you're like super triple doubling them up and stuff but i mean you could be an amazing singer and it still just sounds a little weird when you throw yourself out there totally naked you know and um it's just an amazing feat to hear this song and how great it is just totally isolated so here here's a little taste of just robert singing a verse of just like heaven show me show me show me how you do that trick the one that makes me scream, she said. The one that makes me laugh, she said. And threw her arms around my neck. Show me how you do it. And I promise you, I promise that I'll run away with you. I'll run away with you. Spinning on that dizzy edge. I kissed her face and kissed her head. Dreamed of all the different ways I had to make her glow Why are you so far away, she said Why won't you ever know that I'm in love with you That I'm in love with you Oh man, isn't that cool? You can just listen to the whole song like that and it's almost just as great but uh, yeah, so I'll post a link on that on the uh, Facebook page if you want to hear the full batch of whatever it is that this guy posted. So um, yeah, pretty cool. All right, so here's the uh, the last segment that I want to share with you guys here. And it does need a little disclaimer <laughs> to begin with. So we had the idea of recording a song episode, right? And um, it was going to be the batch of a few that Donna was going to come down and we're going to hang out. We're going to discuss it in a very scholarly uh, way, right? Um, as we always do. And um, so I was really excited about this because obviously it's a song I'm very passionate about and hold dear to my heart. But when Donald comes down, I don't get to hang out with this dude very often. So uh, we start having a good time real quick. And our friend Ryan comes over uh, that you might remember from episode six, I think it was. And uh, we also, all three of us never really get to hang out together that much. So we all have a good time right off the bat. And uh, usually adult beverages are um, involved with our good time. So we start having a good old time, laughing, catching up. We say the hell with it real quick. Let's hit record and do Just Like Heaven all together. And um, so I present to you now three guys having an overly good time talking about Just Like Heaven. And um, I think there's a lot of good points in here still. So um, I, I want to stick with it. And uh, But, you know, this is a good time to uh, have a drink is what I'm getting at. So uh, you could be part of the party. So <laughs> I now present to you. Myself, Donald, and Ryan discussing just like heaven on a on a warm Friday night. Hey guys, welcome to the holy hour. This hey. is Gavin, and I'm joined by the bad boy of podcasting, Donald. Hey guys, and our That's good me. friend Ryan. I'm also here. The hey. non-bad boy of podcasting. I'm kind of the good boy, the angel. <laughs> Who's a good boy? Angel man Who's a good boy? of podcasting. Speaking of angels, tonight we will be uh, doing a special uh, focused episode on the song Just Like Heaven. And uh, a lot of uh, Cure fans will know this song. It is probably considered the greatest song ever mm-hmm. and um most particularly um yeah maybe it's a weird one because it's considered maybe their biggest known song but not a hit it was never a hit but uh it makes no sense what's let me explain what, what is it what does a hit mean in this context gavin please well, it's funny you should ask um because chart wise the song never charted really high it wasn't considered one of their bigger hits 
but fascination uh, fascination street charted oh yeah it charted and so did friday i'm in love (laughs) that would be considered one of their biggest hits so a hit is something that makes these charts is what you're saying high high on the charts yes so like uh it makes the charts make no sense to me when like a song like uh just like heaven doesn't chart oh it charted but it was pretty low charted no it charted so, like, uh, let me explain to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the song Friday I'm in Love, are you familiar with it? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. yeah and yeah. Love Song, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, not L- really. Love, <laughs> love Song and Friday I'm in Love, uh, number two on the U.S. Billboard charts. All right. Was so, it their highest ranking? Both of them, I believe. I know uh, Love Song was number two. I think Friday in Love was two. No, neither one went to number one. But really? their biggest hits. So those are mm-hmm. their two biggest hits. Which Just ones? like uh, Friday I'm in Love and Love Song. Wow. Yeah. So, Just Like Heaven released many years earlier. So, I mean, it's kind of, it did like the footwork of getting them, you know, as we know that just like uh you know kiss me kiss me kind of laying the groundworks at that point they're breaking through but wasn't quite in the mainstream yet as far as you know is laying the groundwork for yeah the love song. yeah yeah so like it's kind of like sean connery winning the oscar for untouchables you know that's they, <laughs> they stole my buddy yeah bone. you know they knew so you guys are saying there were some other songs <laughs> before before just like yeah, okay before love song and friday in love that being just like heaven, like a lot of fans would probably consider just like heaven their their like song. Yeah. That and boys don't cry, maybe right. And yeah. um, like if they don't play that at a show, it's kind of surprising, or you know, like that song is probably played at like people our age that get married now, like yeah, at weddings. It's like that's our song. It's just like heaven. Exactly. Exactly. Now you're getting it. Now we're there. <laughs> so as as longtime fans of The Cure, we've established that this is <laughs> a big deal. A this big song, deal of a song. is a big deal. It, um, do me... you feel it's one of their best? Well, yes, I do. <laughs> as <laughs> a matter of fact. As, as Donald works out uh, <coughs> some smoke there, it, it was uh, the third single. Off of Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me, released in 1987, just to give others background if they don't know. But the surprising factor is number 29 on the UK charts is where it did chart. The US, 29 on the UK. Yeah. Five weeks peaked at number 29. In the US, um, it was their first one that charted ever for The Cure. Like, or even appeared on a US Billboard chart. And it peaked at number... 40. What was the year again? 1987. 87. It's like Top Gun? Yeah. What was, I know. What was its competition? Know, Let's get I, some context uh, here. What was 1987? I'm going to look it up. Let me. I, know. I was eight years old. Okay. This is definitely background. after E.T. <laughs> post, post E.T. <laughs> Pre-grunge. <laughs> Pre-grunge, post Way E.T. Way pre-grunge. That's <laughs> the best description for like a, a time period is... <laughs> Pre-grunge, post-ET. All right. <laughs> so let, the, let me take you back to a time. The stage was set <laughs> for a trick. If only someone, someone could show me. Show me a trick. Right. Show me, seriously. <laughs> exactly. Here's the trick. And wow. Uh, top 100 hits of 1987. <laughs> According to Billboard, I guess this is Billboard charts. Number one. It's not Pitchfork. No, they, they didn't quite cut it back then. They're Pitchfork started it. They, it's, it's Pitchfork, Pitchfork started as a zine in 1988. <laughs> yes. Well, the wow. year after this song became a hit. Was it post ET? Uh, uh, I only got so many browser windows I can pull up. I feel like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure yeah. came out this year. <laughs> no, I think it was. Yeah, it probably was pre Bill and Ted. It was probably like 90. Very, very pre Bill and Ted. All right, so I'm pulling up <laughs> top movies and top. All right, Walk Like Egyptian, like and an Egyptian. That's the Bengals. Uh, Heart, Alone, uh, Gregory Abbott, Shake You Down. Oh. Jesus Christ, these wow. songs are fucking. I want to dance with somebody, Whitney Houston. That sounds good. 
Nothing's gonna stop Fantastic. us now, Starship. <laughs> uh, no, I got here. It. I go again, White Snake. <laughs> so I mean, some quality fucking songs. <laughs> so, uh, living on a, a prayer. Uh, stiff every, composi- composition, but yeah. Everybody, Wang Chung. <laughs> With or without you, That you song too. is better than just like having everybody yeah, Wang Chung. Like everybody, this just shows how dumb people are and how I think we're little, alone now. <laughs> um, lists matter. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's like, like this is charts, it. This like, is what you chose as your like. Just like heaven is like one of the like. And everybody, it's, just, and it's, it's the perfect pop song where it's like it's not a pop song, but it is. Yeah, and it has push and pull and feel and. And that's the crazy thing is like it's so orchestrated. Many, if, if people made a compilation now of like the greatest hits of the eight, greatest songs would, ever, or, yeah, I'll get into that. <laughs> but uh, even just the greatest hits of '87 on some like free sampler, yeah. you would get it like Best Buy. Like, no, they just would, like heaven. But they would throw. They probably would throw it on there now because everyone's <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, that song's fucking great." But yeah. like, how many times in the song is just like heaven said? Two, I believe. <laughs> is that not interesting? No, once, Speaking of, once I think. Yeah, yeah. So the, the yeah. it's and not. It's like at the end of the song, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like, not. It's the bridge. That's a very good. It's point. not even the chorus. It's just the verse, yeah. the verse, and it's you. And it's only said once maybe, at the end right? of the bridge. It's can it be a chorus if it's only done once? No, I'm they do it twice. That. The use the chorus comes I'm again, again yeah, at the end. twice. That's kind of like the awesome thing about the song too. I thought it doesn't. So have it a is bridge. twice. I think you yeah. said once. Well, I said twice initially, but now because the first chorus they don't say it at the end. Of, you they just leave you hanging. Strangers, angels dancing in the deep is just like a dream. Just like a dream the first yeah. time, and then the, they always say it's it at the, the end, end, or it's like yeah, just the very like last line. Yeah. So isn't that weird? That and there is no bridge, it's which is brilliant. even fucking cooler. It's, it's a brilliant, perfect pop song. But it's like I'm saving that for my giant conclusion. But <laughs> I think here we are, <laughs> the fucking best pop song ever written. Not even the best Cure song. Uh-huh. I think it's better than like yesterday and the ones that people put on the generic yeah because i mean i think it like it really does just doesn't have any wasted notes doesn't have any wasted lyrics fucking right to the point doesn't even have a bridge why yeah. have a bridge if you're not going over some troubled waters there's no troubled waters yeah. in this song it, it is just, a bridge you soft that's the, chorus, that's that's the bridge no they do it nah. like twice though and it's like and it's <laughs> like you're debating it feels a, like a bridge and you, like a bridge. and you guys are debating like 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 the, the greatest pop song mm-hmm. that does not hit any of those like generic standard pop song structures True. You know where it's like, well, you, like, like Rivers Cuomo has done the math yeah, yeah, yeah. of like, like how to deconstruct the pop song and just <laughs> bored. How do you make a pop song boring? And oh, and man. and they're not hitting any of that standard set structure. It's like this is what people like. Like we've done focus groups on pop songs, and there's none of that with just like heaven. And that's that just shows the brilliance of that fucking song. Yeah, like you were saying, it's like it it. It's like where's you guys are discussing like where's the bridge? What's the chorus? It's like who gives a fuck? It's a great fucking song. It's like that's that's the power of like a dope song. Yeah. It's it's my like when I think of like the dopest pop songs, mm-hmm. just like heaven. Yeah. It's, it's a fucking standard. This is coming from the bad boy of podcasts. It's, it's kind of yeah. I like what you're saying. You're saying like we have all these ideas like verse, bridge, chorus, but a truly great song doesn't, doesn't even fit. matter. Yeah. It doesn't fit those the confines of that language. Because if it's an awesome song, you don't need that shit. Mm-hmm. You don't need to trick people into liking it. You write a good fucking song, and that's and that's fucking just like heaven. It's like you wrote an awesome song. Wait, you guys like this song just like heaven? Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> Coming from the bad boy podcast, <laughs> this guy will piss on some some songs. I'll and shit on everything. Will, he will shit on stuff he likes. I know. <laughs> you but, shit bag, go on. But, um, but yeah, I think this uh, song's fantastic. And and it really is like every time I think I've set out to write a song in the back of my head, I'm like, I want 
it to be like a Just fraction. Like <laughs> yeah, I mean, as good as I mean, it really is like the structure of like the perfect pop song. I mm-hmm. feel like where it's got it's adaptable to moods where if you're sad you can be like you can fucking yeah. wallow in it if you're happy for some reason it's still yeah. a happy song um it doesn't even it's fucking it's, awesome before you even get to the lyrics with that like yeah. descending guitar line and then oh, the everything, everything comes in the strings yeah the structure of like just starting out with the bass and the drums yeah. like, and like yeah and then like that by is the time, one of the greatest i just want to stop that, mm-hmm. That's one of the greatest moments in any fucking song. It's just when the bass and the drums come in. That gang. It's, it's pretty sweet. Oh, it's so satisfying. and just Strangely enough, too, like when looking fuck. up stuff on this, uh, Robert Smith even cited that it was very similar. Are you familiar with The Only Ones, Another Girl, Another Planet, that song? Nah. Probably totally not if you heard it. It was like, the, it's like an old song. I'm on another planet with you. Like the replacements covered it a oh, few times yeah, yeah. and stuff. Uh, I'm on but, another um, planet with you. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And um, it, it is like pretty much the same chords. I never it's like, noticed that. I never noticed that. Yeah, I can't remember. Play the whole thing. But um, yeah, it's weird. starts off with the same fill. Same thing. But actually, he said that's why they staggered it. Um, coming in was because if they just came mm-hmm. out blazing with the chords and stuff, it would have been a little too similar. Yeah. So, but another great example of like Robert Smith stuff, like where it's like kind of similar, but he adapts it to make it a way better song. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, and I love that fucking song. So that's how things happen. Yeah. I think uh, what so the I fuck are we talking about right now? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Cure or. Uh, uh, it's a good song to look up. Another, uh, the the only ones is the name of the band. Another girl, another planet. We're talking about the the opening to uh, when the drums and the bass coming on that song. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I think um, it's it's a pretty amazing song in those regards. Uh, let's see if we, uh, uh, according to Smith, here's a quote I found online. This might have even been from Wikipedia, but I think it was referenced in one of the be- uh, books too. Uh, the song is about that's hyper, gonna be hyper, the that's gonna be the name of his book is on about uh, autobiography it's according to Smith <laughs> according to Smith according to Smith well that's the thing with these things too because he fucking is notorious for changing like what the song lyrics wise is about you know and stuff like like what it means with like everything yeah like every time like it you keeps ask it pretty him, ambiguous yeah right? and then he always changes everything he's like it's I about like that. my friends were playing with puppets and and then like a whole other interview it's, it's up to the fucking and, asshole listening to it yeah, like but it, he, there is a quote for this song in particular he said the song is about hyperventilating kissing and fainting to the floor the lyrics were inspired by a trip with his then girlfriend and later wife Mary uh, to Beachy Head in so- Southern England, Smith said the opening <laughs> line of the song "Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick" refers to the childhood memories of mastering magic tricks. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. but added on a- another level, it's about a uh, seduction trick for much later in life. Much later in life. <laughs> So there you go. That sounds gross. I like that. Why do you end it all gross? It really is. Like, it, it is a very alluring song. Yeah. I think it's got one of the best opening lines of all time. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's, I think, where it's, I was headed with that one lyrically. I think it's just a fucking show great. me, show me, show me. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's, it's weird to have a song reel you in that much right away. I think there is that, like, I like the magic trick bit there. It's yeah. a weird one always phrasing wise, too, where the show me, show me comes in right before the actual start of the. Yeah. Not to get too music nerdy, like, but it, 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 yeah, it's really it's weird. It's a pickup. It's like when you're strumming along sometimes, it's actually hard to get into the show me. Yeah. You know? Because it comes in so weirdly. Yeah. It's early. It's and, very um, theatrical. And like, it's weird too that it's technically a bummer song. Like by the third verse, she, yeah. she's not there, and it's not a happy love song. So the people that do use none it of their, the Cure songs, are yeah, happy songs. <laughs> big, big surprise, you know. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, the fact that it's like such a song, everybody kind of wants key, to have at their wedding and yeah. stuff, you know. I mean, it's yeah. it's a weird, fucking depressing song. Really, he wakes up all alone. It expresses alone and, longing, yeah, which is a beautiful thing. Doesn't it just show like? Um, the whole course of like a relationship in life you know it's like you get caught into something where someone's like show me show me yeah. and someone like sparks 
you know, when you in a relationship, you know, like show yeah. me something dope, and they do, and it's like, all right, and then they do, and then I paid no attention to lyrics, so I may be completely wrong. No, but... no, it makes total sense. And then by the third verse, you wake up all alone. On, on the... You've done it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You went through the cycle of a relationship in a raging you know? sea. Yeah, and what is? Because those are the emotions that you feel, and like. You know, when someone sparks, like, sh- someone shows you something, you're so into this, it. This maternal raging sea that takes Robert back into the abyss. It's yeah. not maternal. <laughs> that pulls him into this salty not beginnings of time. Yeah, just a, just a, yeah. Like a that quick... might just be me. I always thought of it that way. He, 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 wants how? To sh- he shows you this awesome trick, and he right. takes you on this journey. And then at the end, the raging salty sea murders him and pulls him back in. Have you ever been in a relationship? I've been single for <laughs> all, all of my life. <laughs> Not to get all heavy on the, the No, I haven't. The right? holy, it's weird of you to point it out. The HHH, the holy heavy hour. <laughs> what are we talking about? I thought this was a celibate podcast. <laughs> yes. Based but, on the name, yeah, I assume. Yeah, like, clearly, only... Virgins That's, are listening to this. I, I don't know, but it just... Wait, have you guys had sex? No, God, no. <laughs> I thought this was a bunch of cure nerds. Yeah. Talk about some why that's why we're talking about a song about. recorded in 1987. <laughs> Actually, I apologize. The Holy Hours is a safe place. Yeah. You're in a safe place. Now you say that. But, um... It's a little late for that. <laughs> After all that weird shit that just happened just then, it just seems I don't but trust it. I don't all right, trust let, it let me let me uh, pull the, shift a little gears here. Uh, no, but, uh, commercial uh, break. Stamps.com, everybody. The only way you hate standing in line at the post office, don't you? How about Squarespace? Oh, you ever want to best website? Best fucking website. But my point is is that song really shows like the spark of a relationship and then yeah like those raging seas are emotions yeah. it's not you're, literally. you're not literally getting banged against the shore it's like what is that a metaphor or whatever yeah, yeah. especially in between you know? those two bridges yeah <laughs> that aren't there no it's not a chorus it's yeah. more of a bridge look at the verse bridge verse bridge so you're in a raging sea between two bridges <laughs> it just makes sense you know yeah. so but even like the chaos in the structure of the song is a relation like a solid relationship where it's like you're getting bounced around and yeah like and it makes no sense, but it makes all the sense. Like, that's a re- that's a proper relationship. Like, if a relationship made perfect sense to me, I don't think it would be a proper relationship. In this song, yeah. it's it's not structured, but it fucking works. What so, stole the only girl I love, though? I wonder what stole her. Like, yeah, starting that verse. It could be anything. It, right. it could Is be she dead. He was supposed it to could be paid. time. Time story? I don't know. It could be anything. Fucking only girl out of It is. Man, drowned her deep inside of me. That's perfect. It's, it's a bit sinister. <laughs> it's fucking sad. It's a bit. But the song's still fun, man. I know. Yeah, so but it's a song of a, of a villain. It's a song of a song. villain. But he's like, he's a, a mad a magician, you know? <laughs> Never trust a magician. No. <laughs> oh, check out this trick. I'm going to make you scream. This is not a guy you trust. No. You're not thinking about fucking musicians. You guys uh, trust this guy? But oh, magicians. Yeah. He's fucking crazy. <laughs> magicians he's like, are creepy. <laughs> he showed you that trick, didn't yeah, you? You scream. I watched that trick all day. What about the drowning? Well, let me put it to you this way. How about this? Um, he fucking drowned we, her, and he's he running the streets free. He didn't drown You're her. You're so literal. <laughs> he's going to let a drowner just walk around in your neighborhood. Yeah. Have you ever drowned emotions in, like, <laughs> just drown them? Alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I picture 
the just like have an episode being like me just crying <laughs> for like 45 minutes and what a brilliant song is. <laughs> I kind of like this better. But, um, <laughs> but let me throw this out there. All right, a huge part of just like heaven, I feel like since the fucking charts didn't do their job of giving them a hit. That video is very iconic for The Cure. I feel yes. like that's like one of their most, uh, you know, like when you think of a Cure video, that was kind of the that time when people maybe were starting to see more Cure videos. And right. it was just, it captures the romantic side of The Cure a lot more it, than had been blousy. portrayed. It's yeah, blousy, blousy and windy. Wind, everything, yeah. It was, it was, but it's a simple. A, but, a literal video for an unliteral, is that a word? Unliteral song? Maybe. <laughs> Let's little, see where you go with it. They're a little too like, oh, he's spinning he's, on he's that dizzy edge. On, an on a dizzy edge. edge. <laughs> and he's yeah. spinning around. It's yeah. like we know. Yeah. It's more it's his brain or oh, he's oh he's physically spinning. Around. <laughs> yeah. He's actually in a yeah. blouse, physically spinning around. And pretty widely known, but for the good people citing it, um, the girl that was dancing with him mm-hmm. during the instrumental solo, his wife, Mary, and this is the only time mm-hmm. uh, Tim Pope credited, which I don't think is true, technically, that was the only time a female was featured in a Cure video as like an actress, he said, and he was kind right. of proud of that. But then made me think of the show at Sometimes video, remember that little Catholic yeah. school girl? So, but that was pre-Tim Pope. So, anyway. Um, But along the lines of that video, recorded in the studio for the top part when they're on the cliff, right? Mm -hmm. Clearly a studio, right? Right. In Pinewood Studios in England, where uh, filmed tons of movies, including Star Star Wars, Wars. Force Awakens, in Uh, the same studio. Oh, shit. But, um... Even weirder, though, I don't know if you vaguely remember Dave Kendall from 120 Minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember, it was pre-Wish Tour, and um, Mm -hmm. Robert was talking about his vertigo that he gets from being up high, and Tim Pope put him up on the kite for the high video, and he was like, that was the last straw, and he was like, I'm sick of him just torturing me for videos, and and I got real dizzy and didn't like being up high, Mm -hmm. and Dave Kennedy goes, much like in that Just Like Heaven video when you're on the cliff. And it's fucking classic. I don't even know if this clip is on YouTube. I kind of remember you talking and about And Robert just gets this blank face on his face. He's like, what? He's, he's like, like, how did you know that? But, but the funny <laughs> right? part was, like, no, the punchline is like, he's like, but I wasn't really on a cliff. Because <laughs> it was in a fucking oh, studio. Right, right, right. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, much like you must have been scared to death when you were on that cliff in that studio. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just like, no, but it wasn't really a cliff, you know? And, like, just, I, and they just cut to like, <laughs> Stock footage of like yeah. rocks falling off a cliff, you know. And, like, yeah. I felt sad for Dave Kendall because like, it's just pretty obvious. Totally, dude. yeah. It's like this really looks like Gone with the Wind set or something yeah. behind him, you know. It's not. It's so obviously a but, set. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was funny. I, I, I remember that. Like, that's remember, a cool video. I don't know. Because like, <laughs> I, got, I got an Uber on the way in here in four minutes. All right, count down the Uber. Just so you know. I'm not trying to get divorced over this shit. Whatever the hell you're talking about, <laughs> it's not, not that important. Say, say, uh, since you have four minutes, man, just go, just go on that. We got a good just, view just, from here, so it'll yeah, be, just just go on. Uh, just your it'll uh, be great radio. Just like heaven, take go. Oh, yeah. Your favorite things about just like heaven. That's a trap. Oh, yeah. Your takeaways. That's a trap. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four minutes. Go. Oh, yeah. Just like heaven. Go. Uh, mag- magician comes to town. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's dressed mm-hmm. up like a goddamn clown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some frizzy black hair. Right. He's spinning on the edge of a cliff. Mm-hmm. You describe Bob Dylan. Go on. He makes you scream. Mm-hmm. And then there's a weird bridge. Mm-hmm. And in the bridge that happens, like a chorus. Maybe. It's <laughs> it's. You know, I never walked across a raging sea on a chorus, but a, <laughs> a bridge would. It would help with that. Mm-hmm. How do you get over a raging sea? A bridge. A literal bridge? or It's not really... (laughs) It's not heaven, but it's just Mm -hmm. like it. Mm -hmm. The next closest thing. (laughs) Heaven adjacent. All right, well well put, man. I don't think... uh, Wow, where do we go from that? You You described... (laughs) A bridge over troubled water, actually. (laughs) Not just like that. (laughs) 
Art Guard Funkel. <laughs> Art Guard Funkel. The frizzy hair and everything. Yeah. Art <laughs> I got like two minutes. Really? Is it counting but, down till he's here? It really is like a bridge over troubled water. <laughs> it does. It counts it down. It's weird. That's so weird. What's his name? What's the Uber driver's name? Can we I say it? I thought you were good at like with like. Maybe we should get like, him I in think, here. I thought you got to sell the you want to be on a podcast? One minute. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, he'll drive past the house. Don't worry. You get at least five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh. Has an Uber guy ever made it up your driveway? Has it ever been found? No. No Uber driver has survived. I mean, I've day. met a few Uber driveways. They'll drive Uber past it at least once. I don't know, man. This just feels pretty yeah. crazy right now. We'll get him up here. We'll get him. <laughs> He's clearly It's a great song, though. I really do love it. I love them. the uh-huh. major key, the uh, descending line, the trickery, and the uh, top-notch vocals. Do you think it should have ranked higher back in 1987? Yeah, of course. It's the best song of all time. Why not? <laughs> Good night, everybody. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> good night, Ryan. For the record, the top films of 1987 included *The Princess Bride*, *Dirty Dancing*, *Full Metal Jacket*, *Adventures in Babysitting*, and *The Predator*. All right, guys. Not sure where we can go from there. I think the lesson in this is that we uh, should just go listen to *Just Like Heaven* again for old times' sake. And uh, drink responsibly. Always get an Uber. And, um, yeah, thanks for listening. I think that about wraps it up. Not sure if there's anything else worth mentioning. Arusha, a few episodes back, had mentioned the UUU phase on the chorus. UUU! Glad that got abandoned, too. I don't think anyone was really into that so much. But, uh, you know, made it a little different. It's the mixed up remix that came out as a B-side. Or mixed up. It's all right. Not great kind of song that you just can't really mess with that much but um man eh. covers it's always uh probably the most widely covered song uh not any really amazing covers i think dinosaur jr pretty much locked that one down as the best cover of just like heaven but um yeah so go check those out if you have a story on just like heaven or a memory that you'd like to share feel free to go on over to the facebook website uh the holy hour podcast on facebook and uh share that in the thread for this episode I'd love to hear more. I'm sure they're out there. Everybody's got them. And um, while you're over there, like the page so you get all the updates on it. And uh, head on over to iTunes and subscribe. There is a a lot of times where we'll upload an episode, but I set it for a specific date because I might not be in town or something. But uh, apparently iTunes doesn't really keep track of that. So anytime it's uploaded at all and you're subscribed, you'll be the first to get the episode. So... Highly recommend that. So go on over, subscribe. You'll be the first to get the episodes. Um, Leave a comment in the review section on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, Aside from that, Instagram. Go on over and pop in the Holy Hour podcast on Instagram. And uh, with all the hashtags and hashtags and people uh, connected through Instagram, you're bound to find some cool cure-related stuff and get the latest on all the Holy Hour postings and news. So until then, thanks so much for listening. Um, Also be sure to check out Arusha's site for her upcoming documentary, Push Cure Fan Documentary at curefandocumentary.com. And um, there you can subscribe to all the social media outlets and also get updates on her latest scoop on the documentary and how it's going. She's been posting some uh, segments recently on uh, Facebook and different other social media outlets. So um, go catch some some of the new clips there. There's some cool stuff. Uh, again, curefandocumentary.com. And uh, until then, we got some cool episodes on the horizon still. So uh, keep your ears, ears peeled, and uh, maybe we'll try another one of these uh, song episodes soon, and you can contribute too. So drop us a line or just drop me an email at gavinconnor.com. So... For now, I'll see you on the other side. This is Gavin, and uh, talk hard. Hello, this is Jason Cooper. You're listening to the Holy Air Podcast.